It is finally spring game week for the Miami Hurricanes. Here are some players that have a lot of momentum coming out of the scrimmage this past Saturday. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday. I'm Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash college60 and use code college60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Yes, my friends, we are four days away from the Miami Hurricane spring game. That's going to be Friday night at Dried Pink Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, 7.30 p.m. I'm going to be there in person, of course. I hope to see a lot of you out there. For those who can't be there in person, it's going to be on ACC Network and Miami had another one of those top secret scrimmages this past Saturday that the media did not have access to, but was speaking to some folks who were able to attend and what they were able to see out there. Uh, and this is really encouraging. And this is a player we and my audience have certainly been tracking uh, in spring football for the past month or so. I was told once again, Jakari Brown, Miami's backup quarterback was a very strong performer in those team drills in that partial scrimmage. I was told he was throwing ropes on Saturday and also making plays with his legs, which is not surprising. Uh, he had a run, I was told, and he had one of these, I think, in the second scrimmage as well. And then in the third scrimmage, again, had a run that probably would have been a long, like a 70, 80-yard touchdown run in a real game situation had it not been blown dead. Uh, in the opinion of one of the people that I spoke to, I don't know how much you read into this long term, but at least in that one practice, that one scrimmage, Jakari Brown actually flashed more than Tyler Van Dyke did on Saturday. So I think the entire body of work, uh, Tyler Van Dyke is Miami's starting quarterback. He's just got a leg up on everybody. But to know that Jakari is closing that gap that Jakari Brown is getting better. He's making himself, I believe, a much more dependable, reliable, complete backup quarterback. That is a great sign, and I could very well see him 2024 and beyond being a starting quarterback and a damn good one at the University of Miami. So, yeah, Jakari Brown had another really, really strong scrimmage. Could he end up being one of, if not the most improved players on this team this year? Right. I think you can also throw somebody like Don Chaney into that conversation because obviously he missed virtually all of last season with injury, has dealt with the injury bug. He's looking really good in spring. Daryl Porter, um, I think, is putting himself in position to be a starting cornerback on this team. He's been working really, really hard, looking good in the offseason. That's another guy who I think is a candidate to be most improved. Jacoby George. I will put Jacoby George in that category as well. Last year, just a lot of uh, off-the-field stuff and injury, suspension really got in his way of playing consistently and flashing consistently. I could see Jacoby George being a guy who rockets to the moon this year. And, of course, show favorite Colby Young. 
I think is someone who had a couple of excellent, excellent games last year, but could do it on a more consistent basis this season, could be one of the most improved players on the team. So if you guys have any thoughts, recommendations on who you think are going to be the most improved players on the team from last year to this year, drop us a comment on our YouTube channel. Uh, drop me a tweet at Locked on Canes. If you follow the show at Locked on Canes, yeah, we will follow you back. And to take a deeper dive on Jakari Brown, he spoke after practice, was the first opportunity the media had to speak with him since spring began, and there's nothing I don't love about this young man. Um, the chip that he's carrying on his shoulder, the drive, the determination that he is using to motivate himself to be at his very best. This man is hungry. He's hungry, and he doesn't want to fall into any sort of stereotype that comes with being a running athletic quarterback. Uh, very honest with the media when he spoke after practice. He said, okay, let's be real. I'm a black quarterback, right? So they put those black quarterbacks in a box of athleticism, he says. And I mean, I feel like if, let's say, Cam Newton had the same mindset as Tom Brady, he'd still be playing in the league right now, even with his physique and everything like that. I feel like if I expand on my mental part of the game, then I'll be great forever, he said on Saturday. Um, you know, he talked about what he learns from Tyler Van Dyke, who's become uh, a close friend of his. He puts a different touch on balls. And for me, I had a strong arm, so I was really gunning it in, he said. But I had to work on my touch, my feet for sure, just having a wider base. I learned that I can throw as good as I can run, Jakari said. So, and he added he loves Shannon Dawson's offense, and it's a very quarterback-friendly offense. We've heard, we've heard from wide receivers that it's a very wide receiver-friendly offense as well. These guys are actually going vertical. Not all going horizontal the way that it did last year under that previous offensive coordinator. Things are going vertical this year, and I think it's also nice for these quarterbacks, especially that the offensive coordinator, Shannon Dawson, and the quarterback's coach, Shannon Dawson are the same person so there's just more more synergy with the way that that comes together from a game planning standpoint and from a practice standpoint and listen um, I my eyes I don't think that they're lying to me based on what I've seen out there for the past four weeks Jakari Brown is improving his passing mechanics and his accuracy a ton it's noticeable it's really noticeable folks from a year ago when you know he arrived uh, as the athletic quarterback, I know he doesn't want to get put into that box, and I don't think you can really put him as much in that box anymore. Um, his his throws were erratic, very very erratic, very erratic last year in spring, still erratic in the fall. His throws were clearly erratic when he was playing games and starting some games last season. Right, you remember him missing a wide, wide open Xavier Restrepo on what would have been a touchdown had he just had a little touch on that throw. When we spoke with Tyler Van Dyke about Jakari a couple of weeks ago, before Jakari actually spoke to us the other day, Van Dyke said something similar to what Brown said he was working on, and that's he's got to find consistency with the footwork. He's got to ditch the old bad habits that he used to have with the footwork, which wasn't allowing him to unlock his accuracy. If he can say, stay consistent and on point with the footwork, he can become a really, really dangerous, accurate thrower because he's all, he's always had a strong arm. It's just about harnessing that ability. So uh, I love to hear Jakari doing well and enjoying his time. So let's talk about a couple of the other standouts uh, from that partial scrimmage this past week. 
defensive line, they were getting a lot of penetration. Um, Ruben Bain, I'm told, was basically living in the freaking backfield on Saturday. Head, wow, I've I've had to re- rethink some things about my expectations for Ruben Bain. I remember when we talked about Hurricane Bain, I don't know, a month, month and a half ago. I said, oh, you know, maybe he can get three or four sacks this year as a true freshman. Now I'm thinking maybe he can get seven or eight sacks. Maybe, uh, I don't know about double digits would be tough, but based on the way he's been practicing, where Bain is the guy who's probably getting the most consistent penetration, Nigel E. Kelly has been really, really good as well for those wondering. I think he could end up with double-digit sacks this year, Nigel E. But Reuben Bain has really been showing you something despite the fact that he's so young and he's such a, he's an early enrollee. So both of the scholarship running backs – I'm told had a really nice Saturday. Uh, Henry Parrish has been looking good all spring. That was someone Mario Cristobal raved about last week. Don Chaney looked good, and they both looked good running it up the gut, uh, which is a good thing for Miami's running backs, but maybe not such a good thing for the interior of Miami's defensive line because I was told you can tell that you know the undersized guys, the transfers, Branson Dean and Thomas Gore, who are both sub-300 pounds, that you can tell sometimes they get swallowed up a little bit in running plays. Now, that's also, I guess, a testament to Miami having a strong offensive line because when you add people like J.V. on Cohen and Matt Lee to the interior and Inez Cooper is looking better than ever, like the interior offensive line, it's going to be tough for Miami's undersized D tackles to go up against them, but then it's going to be tough for them to go up against opponents this coming year as well in running situations. So, you know, help is going to be on the way, obviously, because uh, Leonard Taylor is going to be back for fall camp. And I think Miami's going to work the transfer portal as well. I don't think Miami is just going to go into the season with the personnel that they have at the moment. I think they're going to try to get one more defensive line transfer, and I think they're going to try to get one more wide receiver transfer as well. Uh, so as far as other spring standouts go, uh, Isaiah Horton had a very good scrimmage. And he's having a good spring. The wide receiver, six foot four, heading into his second year. He says he loves the new offensive scheme. Uh, he's put on, Horton spoke to the media after practice as well. He's put on about 15 pounds of quality weight since last year at this time. When he first arrived a year ago, he was around 190. Now he's around 205. So he's beefing up nicely. Uh, if he can have a big year, if Isaiah Horton, who was a non-factor last year, I mean, kept his red shirt from last year, played sparingly, just had one catch for six yards. Uh, he's just, he's understanding this offense. He's meshing with this offense. Uh, if he can have a big year this year, you know, as maybe uh, a second stringer or possibly even a starting outside wide receiver, it's going to be like a new signing, right? We're talking about all, all the wide receivers Miami missed on in recruiting in this past cycle. If you can get something special out of six foot four Isaiah Horton this year, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, Horton, he's putting on weight to get a little bit sturdier and more muscular, whereas uh, Colby Young, he's shed a little bit of weight so that he can be faster, right? So the way that I look at it, probably you're starting outside wide receivers this coming year. I think Colby Young is going to lock up a spot. I think Jacoby George is going to lock up the other spot, but Isaiah Horton is right there knocking on that door. And then at the slot where you've got good competition there, but the thing is, Nobody's going to beat out Xavier Restrepo. He had another strong scrimmage. 
that dude runs every route consistently. He doesn't drop anything. He's just a really, really solid, dependable wideout uh, playing in that slot. So those are some of the standouts, players who are improving their stock heading into the spring game. We will talk some recruiting on the other side. Miami missed out on one on Saturday. Um, it wasn't a surprise to us heading into the announcement, but Air Noland not coming. Uh, Miami did, though, as we know, this past Friday, they got a verbal commitment from three-star quarterback Judd Anderson. And why I think Anderson, there are some reasons why I think his stock heading into or heading into and out of his senior high school season, I think Anderson's stock is going to continue to go up. I think that his current three-star status is not a reflection of where he's going to be a year from now, where he's hopefully an early enrollee at the University of Miami. And we'll talk about some of the five-star, four-star, and a few of the three-star players that Miami is trending for and trending up for in recruiting. So you want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. And I know you guys are keeping it locked to FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, double plays are freaking back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And we're heading into those NBA playoffs as well, guys. Our Miami Heat are going to be the play-in game on Tuesday night. There's so much going on. And right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 at FanDuel. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So you have nothing to lose on that first bet, guys. So we'll be looking through all the numbers uh, for the Miami Heat. You know, if, if I could bet on the Hurricane Spring game, I would, but we don't have numbers for that. But there's so much going on in baseball, Miami Marlins, and everything. So make sure you're checking out FanDuel, and do not miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts, and we are available free on YouTube. I'm Alex Dono. Uh, so here's something important to note on the newest Miami Hurricanes verbal commit, Judd Anderson, okay? Three-star quarterback out of Jones County High School in Georgia. You guys already know I love his size, six foot six. You can't teach that, and he can probably still grow another inch or two since he's 17 years old right now. Got a very, very strong arm, and he's um, he's accurate on deep throws, final third of the field, which I, I think is a good thing to see when you talk about his ability to stretch the field, go vertical. Um, his huddle reel, his highlight reels include a lot of long and deep touchdowns, and he's got the arm to get it there and get it there in a hurry. Um, but the thing that the thing that scares some people, I, I think there's a couple of things about Anderson that scares some Hurricanes fans. First of all, 
I understand not everybody lives and dies with every prospect. You don't necessarily study everybody. That's that's just the way it is. You you guys, uh, this is not necessarily your life the way it is my life. Okay, so you look at it, you say, okay, three star. Like he's not a you know, top 15, 20 guy at his position. Why should I be excited about this? That's one thing. It's like th- like wake me up when they sign a five stars. The way some of you look at it, like a three star is not even to get some of you out of bed, okay? I get that, okay? The other thing is Anderson's stats last year as a junior in high school, they don't look great, okay? So people look, as you see some of these high school quarterbacks, you look at their junior season numbers, like even like our our guy, A.J. Hairston, who I hope still winds up at Miami, put up gigantic monster numbers as a junior at Monarch. You look at Judd Anderson's numbers, he was like 1,700 yards, seven, 1,776 yards passing, 56.5 completion percentage, 15 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. That doesn't look great, okay? But a great point made here by Andrew Ivins from 24-7 Sports. He said, it should be noted that that was Judd's first real year running a modern spread attack as he spent his sophomore year working out of a modified wing T offense. So while Anderson must cut down on the mistakes moving forward, one must take into account that he's still learning how to be the trigger man in a pro style system. So that tells me a couple of important things about Anderson. Cause again, I I've watched this young man play and he has the goods. All right. But he's a bit of a project. There is some development required. So people forget he's got one more high school season to play He's got a lot of workouts still left to do. He's got, I'm sure, personal trainers and quarterbacks, coaches that are going to work with him. He's going to spend a lot of time making unofficial trips down to Miami to you know, work with Miami's offensive coaches as much as he can over the next year. That this upcoming final year of high school for him, it's going to be pivotal in his development. And folks, if he approaches this final year of high school the same way Emery Williams did, who's Miami's early enrollee freshman quarterback right now, who's doing everything right, right? Emery Williams is doing everything right. He looks very, very well coached, and he took his final year in high school very seriously to get ready for Miami. If Judd Anderson, at six foot six, with that arm and that athleticism, keep in mind he's also a basketball star in high school, a very good basketball player, moves around very, very well. He's able to pick up first downs with his legs, able to move around in and out of the pocket. If he actually takes this final year of high school very, very seriously and works hard, there could be a serious upward trajectory for this guy. So I don't want anyone to look at, oh, he's a three-star and he's not you know, a top-10 guy at his position. Why am I wasting my time? There's a lot to like there, okay? And definitely, the stats that he put up as a junior do not light up the scoreboard, okay? But Ivan's made a great point. Complete difference in offensive philosophy from the sophomore year into the junior year. I'm going to be watching Anderson, Jones County High, as closely as I – I don't know if I'm going to get up to any games in person up there in Georgia, but I'm going to be watching uh, what he does this season very, very closely because – his development over this next year is going to be really important. So while Miami did hit on Anderson, uh, the Hurricanes missed on a bigger fish, okay? Saturday night, we're all kind of wondering, is there any shot Miami lands Air Nolan's four-star dual-threat quarterback out of Langston Hughes High School in Atlanta? 
um, and Miami missed out, Ohio State landed Noland. And based on everything I can gather as to why why he picked OSU and not Miami, um, for what it's worth, I think this was more about Ohio State and less about what Miami did or didn't do for him, okay? Um, I, I, I don't think I can look at the Air Noland recruitment, which, by the way, is not technically over because he still actually has to sign a national letter of intent in December, so there's a long way to go. But he's verbally committed to Ohio State. I don't know if this is one of those situations where I look at it and say, oh, here's where Miami screwed up. Here's where Miami didn't handle his recruitment properly and why this is a huge miss by the staff. Obviously, it's a miss, but I think it's more about Ohio State than it was about Miami at the end of the day. Ohio State has been described by Air as his dream school. Uh, and we also have to remember right now, the Buckeyes, they're much closer to a win now. Like when it comes to national championship contention, Ohio State is much closer to win now than Miami is. And OSU, it helps them that they have multiple five-star wide receivers already committed, including Jeremiah Smith. Now with Ohio State, they didn't actually offer him, like officially offer him a scholarship until a week before his commitment. A week. So basically, Ohio State got to watch, sit back, kick their feet up, and watch Miami and Texas A&M and Alabama and Ole Miss and everybody else. Let's just sit back and watch all these other schools compete for this guy for months. We're going to throw him an offer a week before his announcement, and he's just going to pick us. That's the way that this played out. Um you know, that's all it took. Plus, he did have a, a good official visit, uh, unofficial visit, I should say, an unofficial visit to Ohio State last weekend. So um, Ohio State's quarterback board, I think why they offered him so late, it had to reshuffle after five-star Dylan Riola de decommitted from their class. Uh, that probably explains why it took them a long time to like fully commit to Air Noland. And unfortunately, Miami is not in that situation that Ohio State was in where the Hurricanes can basically sit out someone's recruitment for months, just let other schools do all the work and then offer them a week before and expect to land somebody like Miami's not in a position to do that right now because of the state the program's been in for the past 20 years. Right. Ohio State can do stuff like that. Alabama can do stuff like that, you know. Deion Sanders can do stuff like that, as we've seen, where he doesn't even know some of these recruits' names until signing day. He'll give them an offer. They'll come uh, They'll come to Colorado or Jackson State, wherever he's been. So hopefully, if Miami can put together some true contending seasons in the near future, they can start turning recruitment into autopilot at some point because for Miami to land these great players, they've got to – build relationships and do everything right for months right and they've obviously had success doing that in certain cases Okun Lola Malangoa last year Ruben Bain you know people thought they were worried he wouldn't even come to Miami at the end of the day uh, unfortunately for Aaron Noland they didn't have that luxury Ohio State did okay uh, for what it's worth, I do think Miami probably came in second for Noland not that that really means a whole lot right now but no I'm not expecting him to flip. Uh, and yeah, landing Air Noland, it makes it much harder to flip someone like Jeremiah Smith from Ohio State. I know Miami's still trying. Actually, Jeremiah Smith was on campus two days last week. He was on campus Friday and Saturday last week. But my understanding still is he's very solid to Ohio State and Noland committing there only reinforces that. Uh, we'll talk about some other recruits that Miami has been trending for when we come back. Uh, well, because. 
these are recruits Miami wasn't trending for. We'll talk about some that Miami are and have been trending for. And I want to throw some shout outs as well to folks who have given us awesome five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So you want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And folks, I want to, I want to invite you, if you want to be even closer to the show and closer to the community of Locked on Canes, sign up for our new subtext SMS service. Uh, it's a way to say thank you to the show because sometimes people ask you, like, hey, is there anything I can do for the show? Like, do you guys take donations, Venmo, anything like that? We don't do any of that stuff because I'm I'm never the type to say, hey, like, if you like the show, just give me money. Like, no, that, that's not the way I do it here. But I do like to give you guys something of bonus value in return. So if you join our subtext texting service, I'm including the link in the show description below. Uh, it's completely free for the first 14 days, so you got nothing to lose there, free trial. And then, and then after that, $4.99 a month if you want to stay signed up for that. And you get on the subtext chat exclusive practice notes when I'm out there. I tell you guys exactly what I'm seeing, who I'm talking to, what they're saying. Recruiting notes, for example, those of you who have already signed up for our subtext, on Friday, you guys knew it from our subtext before anywhere else that Miami was getting a commitment on Friday night from Judd Anderson. You guys knew it hours before anybody else was talking about it. That's the kind of stuff you get from our subtext platform. And on there, you also you get one-on-one -on -one access to me. If you want to ask me questions, people ask me questions on there all the time, and I answer them as honestly as I possibly can. So it's, it's the kind of access you're not going to get anyplace else. So if you're interested in joining our subtext community, getting scoops, getting exclusive interactions, there's going to be a link you can click in the show description below. So a little bit on recruiting. Um, some recruits that Miami is trending for right now. And, you know, we still need more momentum, right? Because the Hurricanes, I'm not panicked yet, right? Talk to me in a couple of months and I'll tell you if I'm panicked or not. Only two verbal commits right now. Judd Anderson, the three-star quarterback, being the most recent one. And several months ago, Abram Murray, who's the top kicker in the class. So there's that, right? But we're still waiting for more players to come on board and start the momentum. Some of the players Miami are trending for, four-star edge rusher out of Columbus High, Dylan Stevenson. I think Miami's probably in the driver's seat with him. Jason Taylor has been recruiting him along with Alex Mirabal. Mirabal, because of his Columbus ties, even though he doesn't coach that player's position group, Mirabal is the man around campus in Columbus. Um, Stevenson has averaged double-digit sacks the last couple of years. Uh, we also know Miami would love to flip his teammate, five-star TJ Capers from Louisville. They're going to keep working on that one, I'm sure. Uh, the Hurricanes are trending positively, as we've talked about on this show, for four-star safety, Zaquan Patterson out of Chaminade, Madonna. Uh, he's trending to Miami over the likes of Auburn and Florida State. Uh, this guy does a little bit of everything for Chaminade. Two-way guy. Uh, is going to focus on safety, though, in college. Last season, 69 tackles, four sacks, two interceptions. Uh, averaged nearly 14 yards per kickoff return. Averaged 40 yards per reception last year. So he can do a little bit of everything. Uh, the Hurricanes, I've seen them trending for four-star running back Jordan Lyle from St. Thomas Aquinas, recently made his first visit of any kind, unofficial visit, 
to Miami a couple of weeks ago. He enjoyed it. So did his parents who were along with him. We talk about the importance of impressing the parents, right? Because, you know, some parents might just say, go wherever you want. But a lot of parents will say, we got to sign off on your school. Like, we got to make sure not only you like this campus and this environment and this staff, but the parents have to sign off on that as well in the case of a lot of these players. So nice to know that Jordan Lyle, four-star running back, his parents enjoyed uh, the trip as well. On three has Miami in a slight lead for him over Penn State. Uh, Canes are trending for uh, Dillard running back Chris Wheatley Humphrey. Um, Jojo Trader, five-star receiver from Chaminade. Well, I don't think Miami's going to end up landing his teammate, uh, Jeremiah Smith. Miami's got a much better chance with Trader. Uh, Miami is, I think they're definitely trending in the lead for him, but I don't rule out Florida just yet. Um, I was told by one source that it might even be 50-50 between Florida and Miami for Jojo Trader, even though the on three tracker has Miami over 90% to land him. I don't think it's necessarily that much of a lock, but I do think Miami is in the driver's seat there. Uh, on the offensive line, Miami is a strong favorite for interior offensive lineman Joseph Ianata from Clearwater Christian. He's an, a, an ascending talent. On the edge, I think Miami is in a strong spot with four stars, King Joseph Edwards out of Georgia, Kamarian Franklin out of Mississippi, although Ole Miss is considered the favorite there in state school. Um, Dylan Stevenson out of Columbus, I already mentioned him. Uh, Miami will continue to push for five-star Elijah Rushing as well, who recently visited, but perhaps the West Coast is going to be tough to beat for him. Uh, and I'd say it's fair to say Miami's stock is improving big time for five-star defensive tackle David Stone from IMG Academy. He visited in back-to-back -back weekends in the month of March, uh, visited once solo, and then the following week brought the parents by, which, again, we know how important that is. Uh, but the Hurricanes are battling Michigan State and Oklahoma for his signature. It's going to be a battle there. And I think Miami's stock is improving for uh, defensive lineman L.J. McCray, who's a four-star out of Daytona Beach. Hurricanes are trying to close the gap with Florida and Florida State for him. So those are names to keep an eye out for in recruiting. I uh, want to throw out shout-outs for a couple of five-star reviews we got. Guys, if you listen to the audio version of the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey app, wherever you listen, if you can take a couple minutes and leave us a five-star review, we like to shout you guys out on the podcast. We got a couple of new ones. We get this one from Scoop Kemp in the Bahamas who says, best Miami pod. He says, I love this podcast. Always have love that even when we're at our worst, you lift up the team and fans, and I can get a shout-out uh, to the strength and conditioning team, he said, for changes that they've made on the team in year two. Yeah, these guys are looking bigger and stronger. So thank you, Scoop Kemp in the Bahamas for the five-star. We also get a five-star from – ooh, hold on. I got, I got to look up the name for this one. I jotted it down, but I didn't write down the name of the reviewer. So I'm going to pull this up on my phone real quick. Because how can I give a shout out if I don't give a shout out to the right person? Oh, it's from I am Quazy. <laughs> the shout out is from uh, Five Star. He says, the spot for my Hurricanes fix. He says, all love to the other Canes content creators, but I must get my daily fix of Locked on Canes. Great information and insight in a consumable amount of time. Dono, you are the truth. Uh, that, that is my number one goal is just what he said there to give you as much info as possible in a consumable amount of time. And if we go any longer, the time will no longer be consumable. So we're going to wrap it up on that note. Uh, 
It's going to be a busy week of content. Practice tomorrow. I will be out there. Spring game is just four days away. I will definitely be out there, and we'll talk about uh, where you can meet me and some of the other content creators uh, earlier in the day on Friday. So you want to stay tuned this week for that info as well. We'll talk to you guys again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.